How are you doing? All right? Oh, summer's nearly here, amen? Yeah. Yes. It has been a long winter for some people. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's good to see you here this morning. And uh, I've got a word that's on my heart to encourage you this morning. Uh, this afternoon, fly out to uh, Taiwan. So I'm going to meet up with Dad in uh, Taiwan. And uh, so we're going to be ministering at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Conference, the International Mandarin one. So there'll be over a thousand Chinese business people from around the world and they'll be coming together and the Holy Spirit will just move upon their lives and touch them and it's going to be a great time. And then he'll uh, be speaking in a, church, a couple of churches up there and I think the following week, I think Dad's opening a bank or there's, there's a, one of the guys in the church, he owns the bank. Yeah, owns the bank. Yeah. And uh, so he's even got a church inside his bank, so it's fantastic. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, good. Good things are happening. All right. Fantastic. Where's Mihi? Oh, I love you, Mihi McQueen. You're just the most amazing person. <laughs> I was watching you come in this morning, and every Sunday, I love just you. Just like the sunshine in the morning. You're just incredible. We love your faith and just love your, um, just appreciate your, your love for us and your love for the people and, and I want to be like you. You're just fantastic. Incredible lady. And uh, Jade, um, Jade Badger, good to see you here this morning. Yeah, good to see you. Jade's George's friend and, and it's so good to have you here and I was just praying for you this morning and, and uh, just love your hunger for the Holy Spirit and uh, I want to encourage you this morning that age, the Holy Spirit doesn't really... Age doesn't really bother him, I don't think at all. And uh, if you're hungry to be used by him, it doesn't matter what age you are, where you're, he'll use you. And I just sense that your, you know, your hunger and your, your desire to be, uh, be touched by the Holy Spirit, and uh, God's going to honour that. And uh, you're going to see the Holy Spirit just move powerfully through your life. So be expectant. Don't wait till one day. That one day is today. And uh, so good to see you here. Yeah? Yeah. All right. You got your Bibles with you this morning? Yes. All right. One of the things I'm really encouraged about is, uh, and always challenged about, that God is always wanting us to come into a place of increase, right? God is always wanting us to go forward, not stay still and not go backwards. And um, there, is a, there is a space, there is a, there's a place that God has for our possession. God has for your inheritance. And, uh, and, and it's a, it, our, our, our walk with the Lord, or our journey in life, it is a journey. It, it, it's never static, but... Um, some people do stay static in their life. They just never, ever change. And um, some people end up going back in their life. But it's God's plan, I believe, for us to be moving forward in every part of our life, not just one dimension, not just one part of our life, but in every, for, every part of our life be moving forward. And in the Bible, we can look at the Israelites. That, um, that story is still relevant for us today where we come out of a, a place of slavery and a slavery to sin and into a place of promise. So there's a place of promise uh, in all our lives. It's in our marriage, it's in our finances, it's our walk with God, it's in our emotional health. It's every part of our life. There is a, every dimension of our life, there is a place of promise that God has got us on a journey towards. And uh, we can some be either going round in circles, or we can stay in a place of wilderness, or we can be moving forward. It's the plan of God that you and I keep moving forward, that we don't stay the same, that we don't go back, 
but we move forward in faith. We grow from faith to faith. We move from glory to glory. We move from one dimension into a new dimension. Right? That's the plan of God for our lives. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I'm believing for next year that we get into a greater place of increase. Not physical increase around my midwife. But that's got to come down. But actually, in a place of influence, increase of influence in terms of my emotional health, my spiritual health, my faith, uh, finances, our influence in terms of a church, but influence in terms of uh, leadership, and all of these places I'm believing for God to bring us into a greater place. I'm so grateful right now that as a church and with Pastor Mike, God is bringing us into a greater place of influence. Right? And so that's where God wants to bring you. And so this morning, I really want to encourage you to help you, just give you a nudge along that journey. <laughs> a little bit of a nudge along that journey. Some people need a nudge this morning, I reckon. And so this morning, I want to encourage you for that. And Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, we'll start from... Moses uh, brings the people that come out of Egypt, and they've come to the promised land. They've come to their place of promise. And so what Moses does is he gets some guys together and says, guys, go and spy out the land. Go and have a look. Go and see whether, what the land is like, whether they are, uh, what the people are like, whether they're strong or weak, whether it's this or whether it's that. Just go and have a look. In verse 20, and he says, be of good courage. Somebody say, be of good courage. Be of good courage. You know, to go into some of these places, don't go into the blind, but go into it with good courage, full of good courage. In order to move forward into the plans of God, you have to have courage. Be of good courage. Bring some of the fruit of the land, and and so they went out and they spied out the land. And so they came back, and when they, uh, in verse 27, they told him, they said, we went into the land which you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in that land are very strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. They're Malachites. Remember, the Malachites we preached a little while ago. Malachite speaks of, uh, there's a spirit of Amalek which speaks of uh, cynicism, uh, um, unbelief, doubt, all those things. There's, there's a spirit behind that. The Amalekites dwell in that land. In the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites, blah, 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 blah. And in other words, they were saying, yes, it sounds good, but it's hard. <laughs> it looks like there's some obstacles. There's some pretty big challenges there. And so quiet, Caleb quietened the, quietened the people. Before the, Moses, it says, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. You are well able to overcome whatever challenge that you are facing right now. However it looks, however it appears to you, you are well able. You are more than able. Amen. 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 (laughs) You are more than able. And so, but the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able, we can't do this for they are stronger than we. And the children, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. A bad report. Hopeless. So they had a look at the land. It's good, but they gave them a bad report. The land that threw out, has, 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 we sent the spies out there. And we saw giants there. The descendants of Anak come from the giants. And this is probably one of the most powerful but um, terrible verses in the whole Bible. And we were like grasshoppers. And our own sight. And so were we 
were in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so were we in their eyes. We looked like grasshoppers to them. Incredible. One of the things I want to do is just unpack this little bit of scripture because this here is where a lot of people live. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we also look like to them. We're going to skip forward a little bit, so let's move forward just to Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter 2. So we're going to go forward in a, in, a, in a little bit of time here. And so once again, they came to the same place. So instead of uh, Moses, it's Joshua sending some people. So don't tell anyone, we just, just go and have a look, check it out, see what's going on. So the spies went into the land, and they came to Rahab. And so here's Rahab inside the land of promise, right? And it says in verse 9, And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and the terror of you has fallen on us, so that all of the inhabitants of this land, all of the inhabitants, the giants, everyone, everyone, all the inhabitants of this land, a terror, that the terror of you has fallen upon us. And all the inhabitants of this land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side, whom you utterly destroyed. And in verse 11, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did, any, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God of heaven above and on the earth below. You've got to help me unpack this for a little bit this morning. So they come to the promised land the first time. And the report that came back, some people said it's good, but there's some giants in the land. But it's a good place. There's some challenges there. For you to come from where you are to where God wants you, to think that you can come into that place and not have anybody get upset with you, have no challenges, nothing at all, (laughs) it's a place of fantasy. (laughs) Challenges are born for us. Giants are born for you. The Bible speaks that giants are born for us. You are born to be an overcomer. You can't be an overcomer if you don't overcome something. It's... It's the fact that we have resistance or opposition is what the same thing. It produces faith inside of our life. You can't produce faith if you don't have something to overcome. And so these guys here, so for you to move into your place and to move into your place that God has for you, you will have to overcome some challenges. I've had to overcome a few myself. But if you look at this, so you have one group of people looking over here, and they're saying, giants in the land. Giants in the land. We can't do it. We look like grasshoppers. Right? What's the other group of people saying? What's, what's going on in the space, in the mind space of the other people, of the giants? It's the same thing. So, one set of people, one over here, you have the people of Israel saying, There's some challenges. There's some giants in the land. They come back and they gave a bad report. Over here, 
we have some giants. We just read what the Bible says, that when they heard about the Israelites, the Bible says that they had no more, they were faint-hearted. So you've got giants on one side and the people of God on the other side, and both are faint-hearted. Both are in a place, they're looking at each other and going, Whoa. You think about it, so what, what, what does that tell us? It tells me that some people went into the land, and you didn't even talk to those giants, man. You just watched from a distance. I don't think you even got close to even having a look at your breakthrough. These guys, these giants, these people in the land that look strong, they were ready to give up. All Israel had to do basically was show up. We just read that in Joshua. They were ready. They had... They were faint heart, they were faint of heart. They were terrified of the people that were coming. They had heard about how God destroyed utterly the, 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 the greatest superpower in the world. And they were afraid of the people of God. Both people were afraid. The spies that went out to set the land, they saw something. What they saw. I don't know what they saw, but they saw, like the Bible says, that they looked like grasshoppers. The other guys over here are probably thinking the same thing. Sometimes we get into a place of our life. I speak about it the other, a little while ago about perspective. Perspective is how you see what you see. Sometimes... You've just got to show up to get your breakthrough. Greater is he, the Bible says, that lives within us than he that lives within the world. All the people of God had to do was basically just show up. That was it. If they had just shown up, if they had just turned up, they could have destroyed them then. They were already faint of heart. They were already without strength inside of their heart. They were already in a place of terror. All they had to do was show up. That was it. Sometimes all you need to do, the reason that people don't get their breakthrough, is sometimes they just don't turn up. Sometimes all you've got to do is just turn up to church. If you just showed up, something would shift. If you just showed up in prayer, something would shift. For some people, nothing shifts, nothing moves. They don't move forward because they just simply don't show up. Stayed in bed. (laughs) We looked at the land, but they were all big. No, you didn't look at all. You just stayed from your bed. And just look from a distance. You didn't even go and talk to those people. Because if you had shown up and talked to them and said, we are here, they would have just packed up camp and just ran. They were ready to run. It says it in the Bible. So what was it? 
What was it that was going on inside of these individuals' mind? Because then these individuals came back and delivered a bad report. All Israel had to do was show up. Half the battle would have been done just then. So one of the things that unbelief does is this. Unbelief overlooks the promises and the power of God and magnifies every danger and difficulty and fills the heart with discouragement. Our battle, our warfare is not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but Pastor Mike talked about the other day. Our battle is a battle of faith. Will you come in a place of belief? If you just believe, the Bible says, you can speak to the mountain and it will be shifted. If you just believe, our battle is against whether you will be in faith or not. Half the battle would have been won if they just showed up. Their fear, their unbelief altered their perspective and exaggerated what they saw. Perspective, how you see what you see, what lenses are you wearing? You can either wear lenses that magnify something up bigger than what it is, or you can see it for what it's really at. Or you can look through the lens of faith. So this giants were bred for me. How do you see the world in which you see it? Are you seeing it in a place of faith? Or are things that shouldn't be exaggerated should are exaggerated? You listen how much they're exaggerated. There is, they say we are like grasshoppers. In other words, you think about the grasshopper compared to a, a particular person. That is a massive difference in height. That is a massive difference in scale. So he's not talking about a literal size difference here. If they were talking about a literal size difference, they would have actually, if they'd actually been there and actually had a look and got up close, they would have said, actually, no, they're about four inches bigger than us. You can take this guy. But no, they looked from a distance. And because they looked from a distance, they completely misjudged. And because they looked through the eyes of fear, they completely exaggerated what they saw. That is what fear is like, my friends. When you look through the eyes of fear, when you have a belief uh, about yourself, when you have a, don't have faith in Christ, what you see is then, if, and, and if you remain from a distance and try and look at it from, there, from a long way away, it will totally alter your perspective. You know, sometimes when you look at something from a long distance, you, you can kind of judge how big or small something is. But from a distance, they will say, we were like grasshoppers. That's an absolute exaggeration. And then their exaggerated report ended up altering the lives of a whole bunch of other people and brought a whole bunch, a whole generation off course. What happened to those people? They ended up dying, all of them, in the wilderness. My friends, be careful to the report that you hear, that it's not laced with somebody else's exaggeration and somebody else's wrong perspective. Because you'll find if you listen to that report, you might just find yourself in a place where you are isolated and completely cut off, wandering around in the desert. I know that we came through in a, a position where there were reports that came out about what we were doing. and all, They were completely exaggerated and fabricated. And now I look at a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people are going nowhere. Why? Because they listened to some fabricated reports that were just exaggerated. 
Was there an element of truth? Yeah, probably. Were they a little bit bigger? Yeah, they were bigger. But heck, they weren't that big. For heaven's sake. You know, there's a big difference between the proportion of four inches or six inches over grasshopper and a human. That's exaggeration. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What words or what spirit are laced in those words that are coming into your ears? That report came into people's hearts, altered perspective, altered their belief system, and fear spread across everyone just because of the report of 10 people. Mm. Whose report will you listen to? It's important that you be careful who you are listening to and what spirit they're speaking to you in. Am I feeling, I hear the words, and yeah, there could be an element of truth in there, but am I hearing them in a, word, in a spirit of faith, or am I hearing it, am I feeling a spirit of criticism? Am I feeling the spirit of Amalek that wants to criticize and pull down and put unbelief and doubt into people's hearts? I encourage you to, when you hear, when you listen to people, listen. Listen to what you're hearing and listen to what you're not hearing. What's missing out of this? Am I, am I missing something? Am I missing? What I'm not hearing is faith. What I'm hearing is criticism. What I'm hearing is what can't be done. What I'm hearing is an exaggeration of the truth. And a whole bunch of people got left in the wilderness just because of that. How do you see what you see? There were a few giants, but the land certainly wasn't full of them. Not at all. There are some big fellas there, but there's only a few. Yeah, you're going to face some challenges, but they're not. The life in front of you is not going to be full of giants, for heaven's sake. You can have a couple, but yeah. There's more with you than, than, than with them. <laughs> Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. The report of the spies was thoroughly false in effect. It was founded on isolated facts. Yeah, there was an element of truth. But you look at it in a spirit of unbelief, those exaggerated facts can just turn into big elephants. Listen to what you hear. Listen, be careful of what comes in. One of the things I want to talk about just I want to bring, uh, bring to your awareness this morning is the whole idea of about self-concept. Self-concept. Self-concept is kind of similar to perspective. How you, see, how you see what you see. Perspective, how you see what you see. What are the lenses in which you see? Self-concept. You look at these guys. The, one of the greatest tragedies here was they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves. And they made an assumption that the other people saw them the same way. It was... Uh, that was just an assumption because that was not how the giants saw these guys. It was an assumption that was never, ever challenged until they eventually got round to it. <laughs> Often we sit on assumptions, we, we, we believe things that have never got no factual truth to them at all. They just, made, they just assumed that they were just of themselves. They just thought that these giants had the upper hand. 
It was, it was a completely wrong assumption. So my question to you today is, what are you assuming about yourself? What do you assume about other people? What do you assume about the world around you that you've never actually challenged? You've never actually gone up to it and have a look and have a scale up. Or do you just watch it from a distance and say, oh, that looks pretty... No, I just think I'll just let that one go. Hmm. What have you believed about yourself? What have you believed about God? What have you believed about people around you? But you've never, ever, ever gone up and challenged it face to face. Gone up and had a close look at it and measured it up. Just test, just to see. Some people you think you're dumb. Well, somebody may have told you you're dumb, but have you ever, ever put it to the test? I did. I thought I was dumb. I didn't do very well at school. I had some failures. One or two, maybe three, four. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was dumb until I kept thinking about the word of God. No, you're not. No, you can, you can do this. So I had a look at it a couple of times, and I thought, no, 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 I think that's pretty big. I'm not quite sure if I can taste it. Have you ever gone up and had a look just to see if you could size it up? I thought, oh, yeah, I might just go and have a go. Just go size it up a bit. So I went to the, the, the MBA office, and I thought, well... It looks pretty big. I'm not very good at maths. You know, I struggle with once I get past fingers and toes. I mean, you know, I'm not quite sure, man. I feel like like a grasshopper. I'm feeling like that's a very, very big giant. But I don't even know my times tables, and they're going to put some pretty big stuff on me. I'm not quite sure if I could do that. Have you ever gone and just sized it up anyway? Then you take another step. You get a little bit closer and say, oh, no, I think I could probably do that. Yeah, get a bit closer. No, 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 it's starting to come into size now. Actually, I'm going to go and see if I can enroll and see if I can even get into the course. I mean, God, if you want me to get into this course, I'm going to just have a, I'm just going to go and just, Lord, if, if I get in, it's fantastic. If I don't, well, I know it's your will. I get the letter, you're enrolled. Whoa, that's good enough for me. That's as good as a degree, just the fact that I got in there. I was in tears with the fact that I just got in. That would have been good enough for me. Then I had to show up. You've got to be here on this day. What? You've got to show up. If you're just showing up, half the battle would have been won. you just got to show up sometimes. I showed up. Oh. Oh, wasn't too bad. <laughs> and a few challenges along the way, but you've just got to keep showing up. You've just got to keep showing up. Yesterday, I got my letter from the uh, official letter from uh, Massey saying, you're officially cleared to graduate with a master's degree. Sometimes, sometimes you've just got to show up and keep showing up. Allow people to speak, no, you're not done. No, 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 no. Allow your mind to be shaped by the word of God. Self-concept, it's basically, it's a learned thing. Self-concept, it's one of the ways, uh, self-concept is, um, it's, it's, it's a general term that's used to refer to how somebody thinks, evaluates, or perceives themselves. It encapsulates self-image and self-esteem. It encapsulates how you see or what you see in yourself. The extent in which you value yourself. It's one of these things that you, it's learned. You don't just have it, it's developed over time. 
So one of the things we find is we find we, we come up against things and internally we start to evaluate and reevaluate where we sit. We look at ourselves and what we're not good at, what we have, what we don't have, what we look like, what I don't look like. All of these kinds of things that we measure up against the environment around us. I measure it up against Brighton. I measure it up against Shire. I measure it against... Just find ourselves, how do I measure up? How do I reflect? How would I look compared to them? How overall do I measure myself come up? compared to the environment around me. Self-concept, then we look, uh, no, I'm falling short, or I'm, I'm up. A lot of us, we come to a place where we evaluate ourselves, we evaluate what's going on and, and with the people around us and their environments, and we come to a place where maybe we don't quite measure up. Your self-concept, and that self-concept, how you see the world, how you see you and your place in the world, will then affect how you see the world around you. How you see yourself and how you think, or how, what you assume God thinks about you, will then alter what, how you see God. It will affect how you feel about God. It will affect how you feel about life. And those feelings will affect how you live your life. I can tell somebody what they feel or what they think about their concept of God by the way that they pray and the way that they commune with God. These guys here, they had a, a wrong self-concept. They doubted in their heart. And this whole idea of how we see ourselves and how we see ourselves compared to other people and, and to the social order and how we see ourselves compared to the environment around us, all of those things there are either shaped, they're shaped by one thing or another. They're either shaped by assumptions that we make that we never, ever test where they can be shaped by the words that people say. So a kid, somebody who's born, they don't have a self-concept. It's something that's developed. They learn. They come into a social environment, and they start to learn where they fit and kind of think, well, there, 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 there. And one of the things that we understand about um, self-concept is that it can be shaped. It can be shaped either way. It can be shaped down. It can be shaped up. All of the way whether it's shaped down or shaped up, will affect how you see the world. It will affect how you operate in the world. Some people, they actually don't achieve or they don't move forward into the promises of God because they have a wrong idea of God himself or they have a wrong idea about themselves. They've never challenged the assumptions that they sit on about themselves. You may have experienced failure in your life, but you're not a failure. You made experienced mistakes, mistakes, but you're not a mistake. These are circumstances, that these are things or events that don't define you. They can influence you, but they don't define you unless you let them define you. If you think about um, Genesis 3, when, uh, when the devil tempted Eve, what did he say? What did he say? He said, so the Bible says that man was created in the image of God or created in his likeness, right? And the, very, the, the, the question in which the devil came and bought was this. He, she, he challenged the very idea of Eve's self-concept, how she saw herself in relation to God and Eve, how she saw herself generally. If you did this, then you would be like God. It's the idea of her self-concept that, that, that shifted her away from God. The devil altered her perspective, altered her image of God. She was already like God, but then the devil said, if you do this, if you have this, then you will be like God. Actually, it was a complete lie. It's a complete fabrication. She was already in his likeness. If you think about Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 8, 
You see it the other way where Peter, his whole self-concept get challenged. He, Jesus calls him a rock. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Uh, from this day forward, you're called Peter. Beforehand, you are unstable. You, know, the, you may have been unstable in all your ways. You may be unstable in your, the way that you live your life. You may be unstable in your mind, unstable in your heart. But I'm telling you right now, that is not going to define you. I'm calling you a rock. I'm calling you stable. Peter, don't identify yourself around instability. Identify yourself around what I am speaking into your life. You are a rock, mate. You are stable. You're not like anyone else like that. You are a rock. Other people may have told you that you're unstable. Other people may have told you like this, but I'm telling you, Peter, you are a rock. What is he doing? He's shifting his whole self-concept. Shifting how he sees himself, shifting how he sees himself compared to other people, shifting himself how he sees himself compared to circumstances, shifting him his perspective on how he sees Christ. Romans 12, chapter 2, it says, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, or my mind, or your mind, or whoever's mind. Somebody's mind needs me. Don't be conformed. In other words, don't let your life be Don't let your identity or your self-concept be shifted by circumstances or somebody's negative report. Don't let your life be shifted by somebody else's criticism. Don't let your self-concept be brought down by somebody else's bad attitude or bad spirit. Don't be conformed to the pressures of the world, what what the world expects you to be like, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a man thinks about himself, so how he shall be. It's dealing with the very issue of what you believe about yourself and how you think you compare to other people. I want to tell you today, it does not matter what you've challenged with. It doesn't matter what mistakes. It doesn't matter what failures you have in your past. It doesn't matter what you were struggling with. You may have failed this morning. It does not matter. It does not matter. God sees you, one of his sons. God sees you as a daughter. God sees you as more than a conqueror, somebody who's more than able. Let's not, friends, this morning see ourselves as grasshoppers and just assume. Let's just show up. Some of you all just need to show up sometimes and just see what God does. You know, today and we're out in life and just, got to, just had to keep showing up. <laughs> keep showing up and keep believing. Keep in a place of faith. Keep showing up and not quit. Keep showing up. The challenge there, keep showing up. Keep in a place of faith. Don't let some negative report pull you down. Sure, there may be a little bit of element of truth, but for heaven's sake, people just magnify. I wonder what. I wonder what. If we had a look inside of your spirit today, look inside of your heart. How do you see yourself? How do you see what sort? Do you see yourself as a grasshopper compared to some of the challenges around you? How do you see yourself? What's shaping your self-concept? What is shaping the way that you see yourself? What is shaping the way that you see God? What is shaping the way that you see your circumstances? Who's shaping that? Who are you allowing? Who are you listening to? What spirit are you allowing to get inside of here? Because if you listen to a spirit of negativity, I'll tell you now, it will come out. What you listen to, who you listen to, like these guys here, they brought a bad report. 
an exaggerated report. And as a result, a whole bunch of people left in the wilderness perished. Friends, you are more than a conqueror. Come on, you are more than a conqueror. You're not the head, you're not the butt. (laughs) Yeah, could have said something else. (laughs) You are more than a conqueror. You're victorious. You've been washed clean by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. That's who you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than able. Sometimes you just got to show up. Why don't you just close your eyes and just bow your heads? Holy Spirit, thank you today that you are still and forever will be the strongest, most powerful, the most wise, the most amazing spirit in this world and alive today. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts afresh to you. We open up our minds. Thank you for the wonderful land, the wonderful place of promise that you have for our finances, for our marriages, for our emotional health, for our spiritual well-being, for ministry, for our church. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your wonderful grace. It's afresh every morning. Your grace there enables us to do such incredible things and be such incredible people. Maybe here this morning and you've been challenged by the way that you see yourself. Maybe you've listened to a life, you've, you've listened to somebody else saying, oh, no, you, you couldn't be that, you're not like that. Maybe you've made false comparisons in your heart about yourself. Maybe you've made some assumptions about, about God, made some assumptions about yourself, made some assumptions about some of the challenges that you're facing, but you've never, ever actually fronted them and tried them up. Why don't you this morning say, Lord, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to start to show up. I'm going to start to show up on a Sunday. I am going to tell somebody else to show up. Stop sleeping in. <laughs> I'm going to choose today to believe a good report. I'm going to believe to believe you what your word says and what you say about me and not what others, somebody who's full of doubt, I'm going to quieten them down. Lord, today, let me arise in faith. Lord, I thank you for every, every person here represented. I thank you for their friends, their family. Thank you for every person here today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lift them up today, that you would lift up their eyes, that you would lift up the weary hearts, that you would lift people up that are discouraged. Lift up our eyes today, Lord. I thank you that you are the lifter of our eyes, that you're the lifter of our heads. Help us see, Lord, you in our situation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yeah. come on, everybody said, yeah. turn to the somebody next to you, and tell them that you're going to show up. Gonna show up in prayer. Come on, just stand to our feet this morning.
What are you going to sing, guys? There is freedom. There is freedom. Come on. Let's stand and sing this morning. And let's lay a hold of the presence of God. With the Spirit of the Lord in you. There is freedom.